Hey everyone, welcome up to fuck episode 330. <laughs> uh, three, two. Hey everyone, welcome out to episode 330 of the Bad and the Geek. I almost said of the Beauty and the Beast. Uh, we're, okay, spoiler, that's what we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, um, some uh, we have sponsors on the show. Go to packrackcomics.com, uh, a family-owned uh, comic book shop since 2015. They're the Eisner Award winning. You can only win it once. Yeah, big deal. Uh, best retailer store, 2015, Pack Rat Comics. And May 6th is their free comic book day, which we will be doing the Magic Unauthorized Misadventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, and if you want season two, which won't officially premiere on the podcast feed until sometime later in 2017... You're going to be part of the audience. You get to experience right then. Uh, also, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. Uh, you can throw some green our way, and you have over 200,000 titles to choose from for audiobooks. But you know what? Maybe the original Beauty and the Beast? Maybe? No, no. We love Foy Laven. Why did I go Foy Laven, but then I did Bill Cosby? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. That's horrible. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, and then the other shit I do is uh, UTMNT. Go to UTMNT.com for more information on that. And last but not least for our, our official sponsors, Dirty Story Night. Uh, we are part of It's All Been Done Presents Network, or IABDP. And speaking of the IABDP, great minds think... You want to say, you know me, don't you? You want to say that? Do you, see? I No, no? You don't want to say that? Because Denial. every time I hear that or I Fake say news. that... What was that? <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. Oh, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Uh, great minds think alike. The same can be said for naughty minds too. Have a pension for. I love this. This is well well written. Have I didn't write this. Oh. I'm, I'm just, uh, just have have a pension for the pervy, a liking for the loving, feeling frisky on a Friday. Then dive face first into dirty story night. Every month a new theme is picked for network members to write and perform their stories. At the end, a winner is chosen. Oh. And they might have a wiener, or maybe not. It doesn't matter because it's all been done anyways. Check out I that last part I, I completely added. <laughs> IABD presents like a, whoever wrote that, which is I don't know if it was Jimmy or Sam. We're like that's not how that went. Uh, but yeah, so we have uh, we have Kyle from Mad Lab hello on the show, and we're going to talk about a few different things. Um, we we cover a lot of stuff. It's a very what we inception the conversation a lot, as I like to say. But we mainly talk about Beauty and the Beast. It's a tale as old as time, I hear. Yeah, song as old as rhyme. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so, but we talk about the animated film, we talk about the newer version, um, and then we talk about tons of other stuff too. We talk about news you don't care about, and you get it. Oh, was there anything that you would like to plug real quick <laughs> before yeah. we begin the show? Uh, I do theater occasionally. I actually got my degree in it, so Ooh. don't do that. Um, but <laughs> 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 no, uh... We have our Theater Roulette Festival coming up, opening May 11th and running for three weeks. And then the cool part about that is on the last day of the festival, we Boom. have Mad Lab Christmas, where we do all three nights of programming in one Saturday. Boo, yakasha. Uh, uh, uh. And then in July, we have our Young Writers Festival coming up. It's the sixth annual one where we take 10 unproduced plays written by high school playwrights in central Ohio. Hey. hey. No, and I was part of one of the, it was a lot of fun. And you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll get to it. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Well, yeah. So uh, here's episode 330 of not the ba- Beauty and the Beast, but of the Good, the Bad, and the Geek called Beauty and the Beast. <laughs>
So, okay. See, this is weird, though. I'm not used to having people on that I've not had on before, which is fine. Uh-huh. But usually it's like I'm interviewing them, yeah. and that's it. This is different, though, because, I mean, we know each other. Yeah. So uh, so we'll just get started. All right. Um, so we do a bit in the show. It's not, it's not even a good bit. It's just a bit we do. <laughs> It's called The News You Don't Care About. Usually I care about it, but no one else does. Okay. And it just makes me feel good about life. Um, so, you know what the Mandela Effect is? No. Mandela Effect <laughs> is where um, you have a similar false memory that is shared by multiple people or individuals. Berenstein like, Bears. Yes. Yes. yes a good example. <laughs> and there was like a, another one with the, the Shazam, the genie movie with Shaq. My reason for bringing this up is that uh, College Humor and uh, Comedy Central, I think, went down the darkest timeline and mm-hmm. actually made a like two-minute clip from Shazam with Sinbad. Oh my god. And it's it's awesome and I also care about that. It's it's awesome. <laughs> okay, well so but yeah, like in America, okay, so like I even I just wrote down shit from Wikipedia. So another example is uh Sinbad and it was in a movie called Shazam and one say ninety two percent of those familiar with uh uh, oh, no, okay, never mind. Uh, that was a more impressive stat. Fuck it, I'll commit to it. In one study, 92% of those familiar with a train station clock that had been stopped 16 years after a terrorist attack as symbolic com- commemoration falsely remembered that it had stopped itself since the attack. That's the same, but along with that, Bernstein, Bernstein, and Shazam. And I just thought that was cool because, like, he, he, like, gets kind of pissy on Twitter about it. If mm-hmm. you ever follow him bad on Twitter, I mean, he's, he's, he's a nice guy, but if, if people start, like, being trolls about it, he gets equally like Pat and Oswald kind of, well, for Sinbad. He doesn't cuss. Like like Oswald does. I mean, the fact that Sinbad's getting any kind of attention right now because his career is well, and he he was one of the false deaths. Oh, out was there, he? Wasn't he? I feel Ooh. like everyone's like, yeah, Sinbad got killed, and then <sighs> that it, makes it, me... it was kind of like along the Jeff Goldblum timeline. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Jeff Goldblum died. Jeff Goldblum. Oh man, I hope you know what. So many good actors. <laughs> We've lost so many. You know, it, it, it was around the same time of the Bowling Green attack, yes. and so many horrible things. And the and the terrorism attack. The terrorism and, attack. And, and it truly middle. is the darkest timeline. It is. Um, this one is I just saw interesting uh, again news I care about, news you may not care about. Liam Neeson has signed up to play Detective Philip Marlowe in the film, uh, you know, like, The Black-Eyed Blonde. You know, just for reference, Raymond Chandler's P.I. has been played by by multiple uh, towering names like uh, Elliot Gould, Humphrey Bogart, James Garner, and Robert Mitchum. Yeah, The Long Goodbye, The Big Sleep, Marlowe, and Farewell, My Lovely were the other movies. Okay, I've Those seen, are the, I've so seen The Big Sleep. I'm a Bogart fan. Yeah, so, so you know, I have never seen that. I'm, yeah. I feel that's a crime against cinema oh. that I said that right now. Because, I mean, there, there's a lot that I still haven't seen myself. Like, I call myself a Bogart fan, but I, I don't think I've ever seen The Maltese Falcon myself. Okay, okay, so, so fair enough, yeah. because that to me is a pinnacle of Bogart. But I've not seen that either. I, well, that's, that's true. I've seen like 20 minutes in the middle, mm-hmm. but I was just really young. I don't, for those who've listened to this before, you don't, I think we've talked about, we've not talked about this. I don't like older movies if they, if a lot of it's overacting, uh-huh. like John Marsha, like John Marsha. Mm-hmm. And if it starts doing that, I just, bleh, I blink out. <laughs> now, granted, though, some older movies, though, I might not have really given it a chance and mm-hmm. just started, like, 
A lot of Jimmy Stewart movies do, don't do that surprisingly. Not yeah. really. I think a lot of it was just the transition from you know stage acting to screen acting. Well, yeah, because you, know, you have that vaudevillian like well, and yeah, you're back hamming in the day, it up. You're doing the proscenium theater and making very sweeping gestures and big emotions, and then camera acting. Right. You, you know, you curl your nose the wrong way, and it can portray a whole range of emotion. Right. Well, it's like Singing in the Rain. I did not ever give that movie a real, ch- a real good chance mm-hmm. up until last year. And I just it's watched like, that again like it's a couple weeks ago. Phenomenal. Yeah. And it kind of talks about that a little bit. Like it does. Silent movie stars where the brand ju- which it's all the reason why I don't usually love anime because mm-hmm. usually they do the brand like oh hey teardrop I don't yeah. feel blah, blah, blah. little semi hashtag symbol of makes me angry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Sly Stallone, he might exit the Expendables franchise. Oh. I don't think I really care about Drama. that. <laughs> no, yeah. Another movie I have not seen. <laughs> I, I've not either. <laughs> I think I've seen, no, I've seen the first one, and it was cool because old 80s action stars showed up, and that was fun. But then the next one, like, a lot of them die. Oh, really? Like, that's, I watched that, the Red, the other one that's kind of like that. It had Helen yeah. Mirren and Bruce Willis. I got, and, I got so turned on by Helen Mirren firing that gun. and wouldn't. No, well, I <laughs> oh mean, yeah. But, like, I felt like, this is wrong, I feel, for some reason to me. <laughs> like... Like, like by de- by by society's norms, I should be like totally into the girl from Weeds, yeah, and fried green tomatoes for yeah. a deeper cut. Mary Louise Parker, yeah, Mary Louise Parker. <laughs> I was like, I am just really fucking turned on by Helmer and firing that gun, killing had, a bunch of dudes. I've always had a thing for um, Sean Connery and Entrapment. Okay, I have a thing like, for Sean Connery. Everyone has a thing for Sean Connery, but more mostly like older Sean Connery. <laughs> Oh. Not necessarily Bond Sean Connery. Okay, like Untouchables Sean Connery? Or is that like uh, a little bit too far back? I mean, he's he's getting a little grayer there, so I'll... I'll I'll mold that in, but okay. I mean, okay. usually, like, I, I grew up with an Indiana Jones box set in my house, so yes, just uh, like you know, I love that little Henry Jones old, old professor vibe. <laughs> uh, okay, now this last, but no, we got two more hmm. Star Trek Discovery. Uh, the new Star Trek show on CBS, it's delayed again, but Rain Wilson will be from The Office is going to be playing the character Mud. If you know who Mud is, mm-hmm. but I'm making a face in general. Uh, make you don't like Rain Wilson? Um, I mean it's okay if you don't. I like, because uh, no, I do. I do like him on The Office, and I even I tried watching that Detective oh, I'm House, but for Dead Body show that he was on. For yeah, he's like an asshole. That would have been better if it wasn't on Fox. Like mm. like HBO like where they could and Netflix where they could go deep and actually like yeah go a little, go a little bit more blue and, yes yeah, yeah. And, but, and and you could tell like poor Rain Wilson I mm-hmm. I think he would have benefited better from I mean that. I feel like a lot of actors from The Office are kind of getting that Seinfeld effect where anything else that they're in I'm yeah. like I'm like eh yeah which I feel so what, about. what about Julie Louise Dreyfus though um. Oh yeah, she definitely broke the mold with Veep, but that's again, that's, that's a show on HBO. That's yeah. true. So maybe they need to just be on HBO shows. And and uh, just thinking about this, no, Grant, I I don't think he actually had a genuine hit until this last year. But Thirteen Hours, Krasinski had been mm. kind of doing the same thing. Like he, because I remember something Bard, which is actually if you like rom coms, an actually decent movie. You can check that one out. It, I love like well, rom com. Here's the thing, mm. and this is what makes me sad because it, it will never happen now. They set it up for a sequel because it's part of a book series by Emily something or other. Something Borrowed is the first book. Something Blue is the second book. And so it, he, he tees up the second book's movie, but which will now have never happened because the movie, first movie, bombed. Yeah. And it's so sad because I really want to see that movie. And it won't well, happen. That's why there's fan fiction. 
That is true. And also the book. But that, well, if you want to see John Krasinski's beautiful, tall puppy face in it. I just, know. Like those, those eyes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a big old crush on Jim when I was that age. I, you know, this was in its oh prime. Oh, my God. Pam. I loved, I loved Pam. I actually, I, lo- I mean, I loved Mindy. I loved Pam. Um, I really loved Aaron. So I mean, actually, she's a little bit too. She's a lot, but I, I like her a lot. Kimmy Schmidt is oh yes, fantastic. Yeah. I actually, my friend uh, Frankie is such a big Office fan that I think for her birthday or a gift or something, um, her parents actually bought her Angela's wedding dress. So she what? she owns Angela's wedding dress, like from that episode. Oh of my the god! Office, and is, has pictures with it. Is she, she going to wear it like when she gets married? I'm I, just curious. I hope so. She because better. that would be freaking rad. No, it really would. If you, I'd like pictures of that, please. It's, <laughs> it's somewhere. I know that's I've awesome. seen them before. Oh my gosh! Now the last bit is actually we'll probably talk about a bit. Um, so April Fools came and. I'll tell you what, how it happened with me. Is I, well, wait, what the fuck was I doing Saturday? It was April Fool's Day. I got home. It was a long day, and I just remember, oh, I hung out with some. I, I did a Monty Python wedding. Okay. And then, which I was the, I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was the bridge keeper, That's right? Amazing. Which it was so, it was pretty cool. And then I got home, or no, I then went. I also had another party where a friend of mine is leaving my old job where I used to work at. They're going to Florida, so I was okay. like, so I had to leave the wedding early and go there and then we were just hanging out and we, uh, we had like dinner and we I came home I was pooped and all of a sudden I went on Facebook like I do mm-hmm. and there was Nerdist saying oh my god turn to Cartoon Network now yeah. Rick and Morty season 3 premiere or it could be a hoax either way it's going to probably air until midnight Yeah, turn it on now and so I did and it was as far as we are aware the season 3 premiere of it Rick and Morty fucking better be I'm, can we curse yeah, fuck yeah fuck yeah <laughs> fuck no I, cause yeah similarly you know like the whole day I'm just like oh being lied to all day I hate this day it's so fucking oh, stupid God. And, like I had worked at the I, oh, I got up at 5.45 that morning to work at WCBE and then we had like another meeting and then I went home and then I I can't remember what I did that night I did something but yeah <laughs> I did stuff. Don't drink, kids. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I, I think I got home at like 11.23 and, oh saw, your, and saw your post. And I was like, <gasps> and like immediately like, I would get on, you know, I get on my computer. I caught the last like couple minutes of the episode. So, and then I, I saw the last like play of it before the yeah. live stream went dead. Oh my god! It was so, so good. So uh, obviously there will be spoilers as we talk about this, but um, I here's the thing that I I really so are we still in here? Okay, here's the are we still in Rick's mind though? By the end of it, ooh, that because um, here's here's my logic behind that is that I don't know if you follow that San Diego Comic Con they announced a clip that Rick was escaping somewhere, but the only way he could escape was he put his mind in the body of a pickle. And matter of fact, they released a clip, I think, a week or two ago, where Morty... Pickle Rick. Yeah, he's like, I'm Pickle Rick, motherfucker! What up? Morty, Morty, come here! I'm a pickle! I wonder almost if that's just going to be a continuation of what he was doing, like, transferring his, like, consciousness to other bodies. That would be rad. I mean, so maybe he, like, gets addicted to that, like, or something, but no, it's... That's interesting. But I mean, by the end of that episode, wouldn't his brain have been melted if he was still... Well, Rick is a master at manipulating, but what Mm -hmm. if they were one step further, which is they realize they can't melt his brain? Mm. But they're real. But they're still like 
stimulating because he was kind of fooled in that was it that one episode uh it was m night shamalamians or whatever mm-hmm. yeah where yeah it was uh the dude from the bob not bob and tom the mr show i can't remember he was oh, the yeah. painted blue david cross david cross yeah he was the alien and he was just like he kind of fooled rick at first yeah and then he didn't and then mm-hmm. he completely lost so they could be doing that but could i don't be. know i know well because i was thinking about that because i re I, i'm thinking about it now i rewatched it and um you know, at the end of last season, they yeah. have, like, the Federation and all the pills, and, you know, um, oh J- and Jerry gets a job. And then Jerry crawls home, but d- w- but Rick wouldn't know that, because he was already at- in the prison. Like, he wouldn't have known that Jerry had a job. That's true. So I'm curious about that. See, now, uh, did you catch that, too? That was also a nod to the pilot episode at the very end, when he's like, we're going to go on adventures, Morty. We're going to, like, it's almost yeah. the same exact thing, except for he didn't trip over... Uh, a fucking vacuum cleaner, like, but and and also I appreciate too that Mort- Morty had no fucking clue what was going on, no, because he's just like we're go- we're going for Szechuan sauce, which <laughs> McDonald's is now kind of thinking about bringing back. Wait, really? Because I kind of want to try it when they were it's, talking about it. I'm like, I have no memory well, well, of this happening. I, well, I was looking at like the alien that Nathan Fillion played, the bug, yeah. and like he had. I was like, what the fuck? It looks like Chinese food. Like they didn't fucking serve it in Chinese. It, they did. It was like a little Chinese food like box of chicken McNuggets with a sauce <laughs> oh and it's God. it's insane. I uh, don't think I've eaten McDonald's. I've eat, I eat McDonald's breakfast occasionally, but I don't think I've eaten like McDonald's McDonald's. It's because you're a better person than a lot of people. Well, no, I think Not, it got ruined for me by Morgan Spurlock that uh, really? the, the McDonald's the Oh god! Super size me that one, yeah. Like I watched, I watched that one, and like they had a special feature where they did this like spore experiment with the French fries, and it just oh. ever since then I was like, nope. Mm-mm. Fair enough. See, see, that's see. I like to eat everything. Mm, I do. Too. Um, well, I like to eat everything too. I mean, I had like the largest bowl of mac and cheese ever for dinner before I came over here. So oh my god! I make bad choices, just like everyone else. Um, well, but you're making one less one, which is you're you're not eating as much McDonald's as everybody. Else. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I I well no, the, I will say their ice cream cones are amazing. Yeah, I cannot eat in any other ice cream cone now because it doesn't taste right. Really, not I, even Dairy Queen. Not Dairy even, Queen, really, not even Dairy Queen. Interesting. My one friend, he's very um, he won't mind. I say he's very Jewy. He like he <laughs> loves he fucking loves to go to Chick Fil A, uh-huh. even though. You would figure he would probably go to Chick Fil A, maybe for Lent. Mm. The other day, actually, it was Saturday night. He was. We were at Winking Lizard, and they had the Lent menu, which is just fish. Yep. And he just goes, "What? What? What's Lent exactly?" Like he had no idea what Lent was. And I was like, "Look, I know you're you're Jew, and you don't understand this, but mm-hmm. like." And, he's, and then, and Grant, he mentions some. He's like, "Is this like a no meat on Friday thing?" But like, it extends elsewhere. Like, what's going on? And I was like, eh, "That's a Catholic thing, I think. You're mm-hmm. mixing up with it, but." I, you know, I, it never correlated with me why all the fast food places have fish sandwiches this time of year until about two years ago. And then I was like, oh, it's for let. La- Oh, That's why McDonald's right now is doing like oh, she's exactly. like four for four for two. Because I was I was I wasn't really raised religious. Like my family is Catholic, mm-hmm. but you know my mom kind of defected from that once we she moved away from home. So I just yeah when I when I figured that out, it was like that you know genius like oh I'm an idiot moment. <laughs> kind of putting two and two together that's pretty much one of the few things i get all the time though Mm -hmm. if i if i do get mcdonald's or the breakfast the problem is is that the breakfast um the order i get i get more um 
heartburn if mm-hmm. I eat uh, their sausage burritos were so good. Do you have your steak no, burritos? No, I do the I do. I'm a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Ah, uh, yeah. classy. Yeah, just real greasy. Mm. Uh, my old the same job I used to work with these people at. Someone would sometimes bring in uh, McDonald's breakfast, really good. Mm-hmm. One time though, they're like, "Here, Nick, you need to try this." And mm-hmm. I was like, "What? What? What did you do different with the sausage egg McMuffin with cheese?" <laughs> and I said, "And they said, no, no, just try." I was like, "I don't trust you now, but granted, I trust you because you're a trustworthy individual, not like the Jew." Yeah. But I trust you, and my friend Tim was just like, "Just try it," and then uh, he's like, "Don't open it." Just try. so I ate it. There was strawberry jam on it. Fucking delicious. Ooh. Okay. I ju- I'm just I'm saying. interested. Yep. I'm just interested. try it. And uh, see, the uh, thing is, the, the the moment, the moment, I, and maybe you feel this way too. The moment I like anything, mm-hmm. like really legitimately, like am invested in something, like a product, I feel like it, it stops being made almost immediately. Oh. Uh, it could just be my own Truman Show existence that I think you know everything revolves around me. But I'll find like you know. I, it depends if it's if it feels like it's newer. Mm-hmm. Or like then a test. yes. Because, again, you know, Columbus is a test market, and you know, so we get special things that other people the don't steak get. Steak burritos? Yes. Fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I do feel that way, but with like the tried and true classics, like, the, the grand, what he, excuse me, what he had to do was he had to open a packet and pour the jam on. They didn't, like, make it like that. Oh, okay. So it's no, like no, no, a no. secret menu kind oh, of thing. No, oh, no. Which I have never had the balls to do, because I feel some person is going to look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about i'm not gonna make your fucking triple chicken mcnugget big mac mccheese well, or whatever my cousin works at disney um or she works for a corporation in florida and kind of jealous right now. yeah but she uh she always like sends me snapchats of the like secret menu from starbucks like there's a purple like kind of latte drink somehow that you can make and it's like called the purple drink and there's a whole secret menu at starbucks that you can try but i'm boring and i will continue to drink my chai latte oh my God. that's so see yeah I, every time i walk in Okay, first off, Starbucks and is overwhelming. Yes, and I just feel like people would hate me if I did that. Like, I would hate people if I worked at a Starbucks and they were like, well, I want the wink, wink, like... Purple drink. Blah, 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 and I'd be like, Ugh. like, every time. But I'm also just a hateful person. <laughs> 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 like, I'm not made for customer service, and yet I've worked in it pretty much my whole life. So we've inceptioned a conversation, as yes, I like to have. say. <laughs> so we're going to inception back by saying that if... Because Rick and Morty. Oh, my God, Rick and Morty. <laughs> we just completely... We, yeah, we... I don't even remember how we got there. <laughs> nope, me neither. Uh, so, um, okay, now, if everything that happened did actually happen, mm-hmm. we know that Rick is very not forthcoming with anything. Do you think, though, that what happened to, to Beth and his wife really did happen? Because if you notice, the portal mm-hmm. in that last bit comes from above and drops the bomb, mm-hmm. but in the one memory outside the Shonies, because hey, Shonies, Shonies, is is this a, it's a great family place? Is was right in front Normal. of them? Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah I I don't know because I mean he said it was fabricated. I feel like there has to be some kind of truth. There has to be some some grain of truth to it, right? Just because, because remember, wubble up a dub dub. Yeah. Which, well, it's so fascinating when you rewatch stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, the, I just started rewatching uh, from the beginning. Well, when so, I, someone said, because I, I hear remember Birdman, Bird, Bird Person saying, like, Phoenix Person. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. So funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's just like, well, that means help. Dear God, help me. I'm in pain. I'm in, in tremendous in, pain. pain. Yeah. And I, <coughs> I feel like to, to fabricate that false memory, there has to be some, like, there ha- it, it, he had Dark to have pulled, pulled from something. Yeah. Because, you know, he says things like, that is the last good idea that will ever happen in this garage and things like that. So I, I feel like 
when you know when Beth comes out and, and says, "Let's go get some ice cream," which that show loves its ice cream. It does. They go it's get ice cream all the time. Reoccurring motif. Yeah, one of my favorite ones is where uh, Beth and Jerry um, have to save that deer. And they get cold stone. And they get cold stone. <laughs> yeah. And Jerry saves the day by having the cold stone people transmit the deer into the. I used to work at a cold stone. I don't know that we would ever be that helpful towards someone. Really. But cold stones are also franchised, so. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. Under a well, umbrella. Where ha- where else have you worked? Because I n- n- not to detour again, no, yeah. but like I'm because you okay. I have a I have a checkered past. <laughs> it's awesome because you work at a board. You used to work at a board game store. Yeah, I worked at Kingmakers in the short north um, awesome for about a year. Uh, okay, well, so I have worked. I my first my first job ever was as a filer for my mother at her. Uh, do, do, she like worked for a DOD contractor or something. Oh wow! So I did like filing for her when I was sixteen. I worked at a Cold Stone and got fired from that. How did you? Um, okay, well, no, 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 you can't just let that in. If you want to say anything, I would let it go. Right. How did you get fired? I got fired because. Uh, the, like I don't know, we had this weird bartering system with the other shops in, okay. in the Claremont Square where I grew up. Interesting. So we'd you know we'd exchange ice cream for like French fries from this Greek place, and so the managers would always be in the back dicking around and eating French fries, and I'd be out front by myself making ice cream on a slab for like a line of people, and I was always I was you know that asshole who would go in the back and go, uh, hey. You want to come help out? Like I would. You're just such take a douchebag. I am a douchebag. I'm the worst. It's like, and, how uh, dare you enjoy those delicious French fries? Yeah. So I think it was partially the managers kind of probably started talking bad about me to the owner, and uh, it was also my own fault completely because I think I also badmouthed the manager's daughter to her unknowingly, not knowing that that was her daughter. So I just you know, open mouth insert foot. Okay. Like you do. Then I worked at, I actually went across the square, the Claremont Square, where I grew up, like, had a, just a bunch of stuff, and I worked at a movie theater for Nice. Now, were they digital at that point? Hmm, no. No, because, oh my god, we, oh. Uh, I worked through all of the releases of the uh, three... The first three episodes for Star Wars. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Those are my worst movie-going experiences. Oh, they're terrible. And I had a thing where we would double reel through two projectors the same film. So you would have the film going, like, through theater one, and then, like, it would be... It would still continue on over to the projector at theater four. So theater four would be seven seconds behind theater one. Oh, wow. But that way we could shove more people in movie theaters Jesus to get more people in I mean, midnight showings because it's right around the time that the midnight showings started getting like really huge yeah and uh, one night during episode it's when we're three, three. it was it was three because I, I unknowingly got roped into working that night in my like jean shorts and so like sorry. I just I had just closed a show at my high school theater and I was killing time before I had to go to the airport to pick up my mom because by that point my mom had already moved back to Ohio mm-hmm and so I went to the theater and killed time and ended up tearing tickets for like three hours because they were short-staffed on the Jesus. midnight showing of episode three. And uh, then about an hour into the movie, the film broke. So three of the theaters went down. Oh, <laughs> shit. And it was the it coincidentally happened to be the three theaters that the people who had been waiting the longest and were at the front of the line got put into. So these people were waiting for a week probably and then didn't really get to see the movie at midnight like they wanted to mm. but really who cares it wasn't that good there's so much that's in there that could be good mm-hmm. but then he Lucas is 
Lucas and yeah. just mu- messes it all up. But yeah. the music is the best part. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. I, it's one of those like I still haven't seen Rogue One just because I um, right when it came out was when I hurt I hurt my back more recently. Yeah, like I yeah. had two herniated discs, so I wasn't doing a whole lot. But I loved. Uh, Episode um, seven. Mm-hmm. Loved, loved that one. Yes. Like I felt like a little kid again. Yes. It reminds me. There's this. There's um. Oh, what's it called? Ah, Hark of Arrogant or Hark of a uh, Vagrant. By it's yes, a, by yeah. by Kate Beaton. Kate, yeah. So uh. I'm. I love those. And they. Ha- she has one where like oh you know little g- baby girls born in a witch comes on. It's like oh she will find a great love and da 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 and then. In every movie they watch together, she'll fall asleep five minutes in and then only wake up at the end and say, who is that? And the parents are like, no, that's going to be so annoying. And it's like the perfect kind of thing. My cousin does that all the time, too. The one who works down in Florida, she'll like, she can't concentrate during movies. So Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Now, tell me what you told me. This is why I wanted you on the show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I like talking to you, too. So I'm saying for this one in particular. You saw it like opening weekend, and yes. at one of the we were getting ready for the show, and you just said, t- "What did you say again?" I don't want to ruin it. Talking about the beginning of the movie. The beginning of the movie, yes. Oh, yeah, and okay. that, you're like, "This is my review," and it starts off with the beginning, which is mm-hmm. yeah. I went and saw it. I went. I, went, I was at breakfast and like chilling out, and I saw that it was playing at the Gateway, and I'm like, "Yeah, I got some time. I'm gonna go check it out." God, I hope it doesn't disappoint me. And the first 15 minutes of the movie were so fast and so rushed and like just so like crazy that I felt like I was being rushed into an orgasm that I was not ready to have mm-hmm. and I just wanted to yell slow the fuck down at the at the screen it just it it really overwhelmed me and honestly and I don't think I will ever say this again in my life like the appearance of Josh Gad on screen actually was the thing that calmed me down and I was like Okay, this movie may not be so bad after all because he actually thought did a really great job in that movie. Okay, so did you have a problem with Be- with Emma Watson as Belle? Because a lot of people said like her singing is really bad, and I was like, "Well, I can tell there's something digitally done to it. It's yeah. not auto tune." Well, she has no vibrato; like it's just very like. And I, I also I didn't like some of the weird pauses she would take. Like she'd be like, "Isn't this amazing?" And I'm like, "What are you doing?" And she and yeah, it was. I don't think that she was taught how to sing with a playback because mm-hmm. obviously they don't sing it live when they're making the movie. But she, oh, yeah. you know, she just kind of looked like she was mouthing along with the words and not. But I feel like you need to at least like pretend like you're actually singing when you're filming those. So she just, okay. she looked, I don't know, she looked kind of bored. And I just wonder if maybe the the people making the movie said you need to be as much like Paige O'Hara as possible. Like she, which is not. Yeah, and it, you know, it leads to my kind of, like, overall, it was okay, but... That was my final, that was my overall final thing, and um, so, I I don't know if I said this to you during during when we were talking about this then, but um, actually, I I always like to throw Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin next to each other, because Mm -hmm. they're perfect reasons what one excels at and what the other one doesn't, which is, kind of, which is, I love both films equally, Mm -hmm. but... Like, in terms of story, where, like, everything, like, there's no, to me at least, pacing issues, story issues, Aladdin nails it. 
Yeah. But Aladdin doesn't feel musical. It feels like you threw some songs in there. There's like maybe five songs, not kind of, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to Beauty and Beast, it feels set up as a musical. There's Belle, Belle reprise, Gaston, yes. Gaston reprise. And it's, um, more, it's more operatic. It's very more operatic, yeah. yes. Um, but it's very Broadway stage-ish, which mm-hmm. is, you're surprised that they can even add more into the Broadway version. Yeah. So the, but up until... Uh, Belle gets attacked by the wolves it really irked me because it's like we gotta end the movie in 15 minutes let's hurry it up and well, so and the, that's and with the beginning like you know that that prologue is so beautiful in the animated version yes it is like it gives me fucking chills, chills. every time I watch it mm-hmm. even as an adult now like and it's beautiful just in simplicity oh, with the stained with windows with the stained glass and I think the fact that they made it live and did a weird like dance musical number with it and like so weird it, they I just like I felt like they really rushed through the prologue and then they like did this whole weird dance number where they're like and we're actually going to show the enchantress showing up and, and like her entrance I I, ver- I like it's, laughed out loud it was, it was, it was a little ridiculous it was it just, was like, no it's like oh we're gonna dance but then all of a sudden the doors will fly open like you, you have to think that, that castle has some kind of guards like you can't just yeah. like she basically just came in the freaking sliding glass door out of nowhere it was the worst 15 minute setup for a joke later in the movie with the with the powder. That's what I thought that whole sequence really was. Oh yeah. Which it was oh. funny, but uh-huh. in retrospect to everything in the movie, it was just such a waste. I know it was a were- waste of of it was a waste of precious screen time where I feel like they could have expanded yes. more on other things because the the moments where they let that movie breathe, yeah, were be- were great. But you know they had the whole fu- like and I, I I did kind of appreciate as like a costume costuming nerd that they went with more of like the traditional you know yes. French foppish look. Yes, but yeah, it just that beginning really bothered me. And then you know they go straight into Belle from that, mm-hmm. and this is just a real nitpicky thing. And you're gonna say like, oh Kyle, you're nitpicking a lot, and yeah. I am. It's uh, my favorite movie. But, I mean... I nitpick shit all the time. You're oh, fine. You're, you're I mean, a like, company. It's one of those things, like, you know, she's supposed to be an outsider, and yet her house is in the middle of the town. And Yeah, not on the edge, kind of, where which, it wasn't animated. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, you know... And it kind of leads with my bigger issue with the movie. If you're just going to do a shot-for-shot remake of the animated film, then do a shot-for-shot remake. Yes. But they still tried... They still changed certain things, so mm-hmm. it was this kind of, like, weird, middling, like, muddled thing. Right. Where, if they had gone off in a completely different direction with it, like, going more toward the original fairy tale, or maybe, mm-hmm. like, trying to do more the the Jacques Couteau-like kind of style, the French, you know... Yeah. The French one from the 30s, maybe, or the 40s? I, I, I can't think remember. So. But they, they didn't do that. They only picked... You know, certain elements to change, which sometimes worked, sometimes didn't. But at the end of the day, I was like, "Why? Why did you? Why'd you do this?" I felt like if the film was in a was in better director's hands, mm-hmm. it would have. Like, for example, one of the most beautiful shots in the original film, and they had every right at the time to. Now, it, people, it's not easy. I don't want to. I'm lessening the talent of the animators, but like that, se- the, the 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 dance sequence mm-hmm. with the the chandelier. Yes. That is a technical achievement for them, yes. and it looks beautiful. And and so that's a beautiful sweeping shot in the movie. Though you you're just like you're just doing it because yeah. you're doing it. Yeah, it adds nothing to the scene anymore. Mm-hmm. This is literally it's a moment, mm-hmm. and it just, well, I mean it, it's mm. somebody I was I was watching 
a review on it. It's funny, we're talking about Stockholm Syndrome. Um, Lindsay Ellis, who was like, used to be the nostalgia chick, and now she does like video essays. Yes, I actually got into Reza. She's she, pretty good. She's fantastic. I, but she just did a, you know, does Beauty and the Beast have Stockholm Syndrome? And like, she like kills it in ways that I could never even begin to imagine. But she kind of goes. seen it yet. Is, it's pretty good. But, you does know. Does she actually say that? That Belle did have Stockholm no, Syndrome? No, she argues that she does not, and awesome. I completely agree with her, okay. because, like, yeah, we can get into that a little later, but with, yeah, yeah. with that, you know, yeah, so, where was I? Sorry. Doing the, the, the thing on the outside of town, and then, yeah, like, yeah. you're basically, you're taking a movie, an animated film, which is the only Disney animated film to ever be nominated for a best picture, mm-hmm. and you're going to try to improve it. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, well, okay, so the first film I think they, they really sincerely tried and did well with was Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. And because I remember, uh, I, I'm on the Disney Rewards thing, because yeah. I buy all those Marvel movies, I have all these points yeah, now, and so well and I'm like, might as well give me some old classic Disney movies, yeah. like Cinderella, mm-hmm. uh, I think I, Sleeping Beauty, and those are fantastic films. But then I got, my memory, it was, I love Jungle Book and I love Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. Those movies are not that great. Mm-mm. And and part of it is just because there's no point to him. It's I watched. Uh, there's something called by Nerdwriter. Um, Nerdwriter one. He talks about the difference between a moment and a scene. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is why I keep saying this. But like, there are nothing but moments in those movies that mm-hmm. just are kind of thrown together and that kind of have a cohesive, not really plot. Yeah. Like if you had to ask me, what is the whole point of Sword in the Stone? I guess he has to pull the sword in the stone. But outside of that, there's no other point. Yeah, it's just it's goofiness. It ends with a gigantic beautifully awesomely animated magician's battle but yes. there's no point to it yeah and i think that kind of harkens from you know the way that cartoons used to be shown in movie theaters were like done in serialized format so yeah. i feel like they didn't really find their stride with telling an actual story until they reached the disney renaissance which was like the 90s and you know the little mermaid and beauty but, and the beast but, and all well that. also they had lost at that point too they had lost or were starting to lose disney and he mm-hmm. was, or he was going off doing mary poppins he i mean he was in the game but like jungle book they did lose him halfway through that. Like, okay. Yeah, and same thing with Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. I think Sword in the Stone, they, I think it was right before Jungle Book. But mm-hmm. but if you watch Jungle Book, though, like that movie is nothing but could be improved. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching that, and like I was completely surprised by how good it was. Mm-hmm. And they kept true to the Disney one. They kept true to Kipling, mm-hmm. to a degree. And then they did that. My only complaint was, is I want to see more of the love story between Belle and Beast. And the movie nailed it. They did. And I... <laughs> Which, that's that was the actually some, That was some of the stuff that I really liked about what they changed. Yes. Like, you know, so... Evermore yeah, you know, was like, beautiful. Oh my god, that fucked my shit up so hard. <laughs> that, like, like, Evermore uh, destroyed me. Yes. And I was like, well, okay, that, that makes it worth it. Uh, right? And... But it, oh, oh yeah, so that was really good, and, and, that, and that's what I was talking, re- referencing earlier with giving it a moment to breathe. Yes, like in the original animated movie, you know, you only have an hour and a half to tell like a fully formed story, so they kind of like fudged it a little bit with, oh, with yeah. the song, and they and but with this, like you know, you give them a moment to like read together and like do things together, and yeah, you let him be who he really was. Yes to an extent and uh, I didn't I also didn't mind the the whole thing with um, the book how mm-hmm. it changed like I thought that was a neat I, I thought it was neat to the point where because it showed him being a little bit more compassionate and then also you got to see what happened to Belle's mom which I kind I, of hated that okay uh, interesting but I don't I wrote notes down. No, no, it's okay. I, no, I did. Because I, 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 we've completely... I, I'm not following any of my notes in the order that I wrote yeah, them. Also, yeah, no. you, are, you are fine. But... 
What maybe okay? It just, it just it's it was kind of odd to me the book itself because like I and I could be wrong. It's been a while, but I don't think it it really makes it, it doesn't it's not mentioned in the original source material at all. It, so I feel it like doesn't it's, add anything. I feel like it's something they just for, added in just to like tell you where where mom is. And honestly, like Disney, you have a history of having absent parents and dead parents. You've never had to explain it before. Why start now? Right. But. And yeah, I was just really confused on like the rules of that book because like she brings that rose rattle back to show Kevin Klein dad later on. Yeah, but when does she get the plague from that? Yeah, and then figure, a, a woman know. also like, is it real or is it still there? And they, there's just like an abandoned like mill with like a plague doctor mask in it, and it, it just the rules of it I think needed to be more defined in the world to make sense to me. Yes, and then the fact that you know he's like, oh, I get to escape, but it's the cruelest, you know, it's the cruelest trick of all because. I can't, nobody will ever accept me, but they go there and have a flashback to show the mom dying and they're not noticed. So yeah. it just, yeah, it was, it seemed. Well, cool. is that a flashback as in she's seeing, oh, that's a good point. I, okay. Yeah. Like I didn't know, like, she, that, that's a really good point. Yeah, Cause I just didn't I, know. See, I get easily lost in some of the moments sometimes. Yeah. So I, but well, I, I guess I was just so happy they were showing more time between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I, because Okay, but this, I will say that scene leads to a bigger problem with the movie, which is, I love me some Kevin Klein, and mm-hmm. he is good in the movie, yeah. but he has no fucking point in that movie. No, I mean, As aside I, from, he I'm did, sorry, he did sh- sing that song, which, that was that- also the other moment of me going, oh, oh. like, oh, I didn't know Kevin Klein. Like, I, st- I stay very ignorant of movies that I'm kind of low-key excited about, because I don't want to be too spoiled for them. I did the same thing with The Avengers. Like, when I saw The Avengers the first time, I stayed so in the dark about it. And then when Tom Hiddleston showed up, I pooped my pants a little bit because I was so fucking excited. So I, I like having that kind of organic experience yes. when I'm in a movie. So I did the same thing for Beauty and the Beast. Did not know Kevin Klein was going to be the dad. And I'm like, oh, and that was another one of, of the after the rush orgasm moment. I was like, okay, okay. All right, everything might be okay. And the same thing with Luke Evans. Like, Luke Evans as Gaston, I thought oh, was fantastic. Yes. And I thought Josh Gad was good too, except mm-hmm. for there were, but it's not his fault. Some of the choices the story made, or, well, or I guess maybe it's because I've heard so much about the whole the thing. The with, gay character thing. The gay character thing. It, but, well, I was also kind of bothered too. I felt like. Josh Gad is so fucking likable mm-hmm. that you do want LeFou to turn good at the end. Mm-hmm. And he does, but like, I was like, I kind of wish there was more of a, and again, poor directing of the actor or maybe different takes, which is show LeFou a little bit more fucking concerned about Maurice. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Because instead, it, and I get it, he's worried more about Gaston, mm-hmm. but there should be a part of him, like, he doesn't even really, if I remember correctly, he doesn't really, like, when they're on the road, he doesn't really, like, say, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. But yes, it's more like, we shouldn't do this because you could get in trouble, Gaston, mm-hmm. not because I'm a kind, considerate person that don't think you should be doing this. So yeah. that kind of stuff. But it all ties into Kevin Klein's character and then Agatha. Like, I feel there was some other shit that got cut out and it makes there's no point for Agatha to be in that fucking end of the movie. No. Oh, that bothered me that so much. Fucking, like, now granted, you caught a plot point wrong with the first film mm-hmm. and I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. But you know what? It doesn't care because true love conquers all. You don't need a fucking witch. And you do don't, that shit. or a witness to the moment happening. Like she's just being creepy and watching them. Yeah, like, like I'm ha- sorry, Belle would fucking see that from peripheral vision. Yeah, and then also like you know why does she have to be there to reverse the curse? Like it was supposed to happen when he loved and you know and another yes. loved him in return. Like it's just, so yeah, when she and like 
you know, they don't show the Enchantress in the beginning, and then they're like, oh, you're going to end up like that spinster over there begging for change. And then they show her again with Kevin Klein, and I was like, oh, so maybe she's cool, and, you know. But then, like, as soon as she pulled him yeah. into her little, like, weird hovel in the woods, I'm like, oh, she's the fucking Enchantress. I was so... What? what? It's so frustrating. And then when they show her walking up the stairs at the end, I was like don't you fucking like I'm like in the movie theater going don't you fucking do it oh you're gonna fuck mm-hmm. was- at least they didn't give her one of okay I mean well, again she, did, she, she wasn't gonna die obviously but like at least they didn't shoot it that way which was uh, I think it was the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie it really pissed me off that Gore Verbansky Verbansky whatever his name is uh, that they made a big deal in the second movie that the East Indian Trading Company were the big bad the new mm-hmm. big bad outside mm-hmm. of Davy Jones and guess what they die in the first five minutes of the third movie and that one guy has amazing fucking death scene where he's just walking through as the whole ship slowly like Matrix style blows up around him and then he just dies yep. and you're like fucking waste of an awesome death scene yep. that there was no fucking point in it and i felt like i'm so glad that they didn't do that it was so so fucking frustrating mm-hmm. i i did oh, oh no it, like it, mm. yeah i oh, i I'm, and I'm, i i was trying to think of a way that it could have been utilized better oh yeah it, I, I don't know and that was the other like and i feel like could, something it, got cut out though yeah and it could have and that's the other thing if they had just gone in the like completely opposite direction of the animated film like maybe they could have made, made it work because uh, and when I afterwards I watched the credits and like Stephen Chabosky wrote the screenplay for this mm-hmm. and he wrote one of my favorite books from my teenage years uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower oh yes 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 so I was like movie too. what the fuck Stephen Chabosky like you couldn't you couldn't do better like, well. you, like you actually made a faithful like good adaptation of your book into a movie mm-hmm. and you you, you can't well, it's not always the writer's fun no, because it, it's a corporation also partially the directing yeah. and things get cut out I know but I know. it's really aggravating now okay were you bothered by the slow death scene of all the other characters yes you oh didn't my God, like yes. it or, or, I hated it you hated think, it? Oh, it it just completely stalled the moment out of her saying I love you to the beast character and then yeah I agree with that and part. also like I I don't think it added anything to the moment, you know, like we, Mm -hmm. you knew that they were going to stay that way forever regardless. So like showing them slowly, like stop moving. I think it it really, it's, it just kind of completely like killed the momentum of like this really great ending where he turns back into a human and they, you know, finally like get to banging and (laughs) (laughs) that's the real happy ending. Oh yeah. If they get to banging and he's a beast in bed. Boom. Oh my god. And then unintended. <laughs> that was the other thing at the end like when she's like I think I want you to grow a beard and like he did that weird snarl thing. I was like, "Ooh, kinky. Okay, Disney." Right, yeah. But yeah. Um oh, and like other things that I noticed like I was really happy that the beast's old clothes fit him while he was a beast and then transformed yes. back into like these really nice tight form-fitting pants at that end scene when he like walks out and he's like, "Hey everybody, I'm back." <laughs> Like, like, and he's like, yeah, really and he's, nicely he's all, cut. Hey, how are you? What's up, Cogsworth? Yeah, this, this guy. Have you ever seen Silicon Valley? Um, this yeah. guy fucks. It's <laughs> kind of the vibe I got. He's like, hey, Cogsworth, this guy fucks. Lumiere, this guy totally fucks. Like, I don't, I'm not familiar with that, but I, I have watched a couple episodes of like when it first aired. Yeah. But that was back when I was be in hotels a lot, so I got HBO, but I don't have cable now. Oh, it. it but you that, just watched the scene; it's hysterical. But, this guy fucks. I'll but, 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 but literally, but it's almost yeah. I mean, oh yeah. What else you got? But yeah. Oh man. Okay. So then, like people who hear this are going to be like, wow, she really hated this movie. Like I didn't. I didn't absolutely abhor it. We know like, we didn't hate it. Things that I liked. 
when he pwned her in the face with that snowball, I cackled like a maniac. Like, I was like, that was a good thing to change. That was fucking funny. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, other things that annoyed me, like, some of the CGI stuff kind of, like, creeped me out with the with the characters. Yeah. Like, going back to, like, the Pots and Lumiere, like, I think they tried to make them look a little too... Too real? Yeah, but I mean, you also, you can't do, like, the anthropomorphic stuff that you did with, like, Lumiere and Cogsworth in the first one, so I, I can see why they did yeah. that, but, like, the Mrs. Potts, like, CGI face, like, kind of freaked me out a little bit. I didn't. And then, it, mm, it, oh, yeah. God, and then that scene in the bedroom where she, like, picks up the teacup and, like, drinks it with the saucer still under, and I was like, why the, the fuck do you drink coffee? Who drinks tea like that? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> that bothered me. Uh. And then, like, yeah, with Emma Watson, I feel like she tried to do the best that she can because she is a genuinely very good actress. Yes, yeah, she is, yeah. But she just looked bored a lot of the time. Like, when okay. she was singing, specifically. All right. I I, I enjoyed her. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I, I, again, I really wanted... And again, you were correct, though. She doesn't have any vibrato. And I think that's part of the problem. But And you could tell, like, everyone... A lot of other people are just like, she can't sing at all. It's the auto-tuning or it's horrible. I can't no, hear like anybody it. can sing. It's just a matter of being able to sing within your range. Right. And I, and I feel like... I don't think she had the... the not just vibrato, but also the strength. Like the diaphragm The diaphragm support. air yeah. support. Well, because to... she, she took voice lessons for this movie. So, I just think she didn't really have the chops for it, unfortunately. Yeah, which... which because she looks like... She oh my looks, she's god she looked gorgeous. amazing um and, and uh, yeah i like okay the dress the, mm-hmm. the ever the famous pink dr- or not pink dress the uh gold dress yeah the little extra stuff they did i'm watching i'm going who the fuck cares about the magic and then when you see you're like okay never mind mm-hmm. it looks fucking gorgeous yeah and actually like i'm usually not a fan of that yellow gold dress i actually really? like you so, like the white I like, blue i like the white blue dress and the pink one from uh something there and I do like that one too. Yeah, and it's one of those things that <laughs> I'm such a weirdo. When I go to when I go to Disney, occasionally I'll get pins and stuff. Like I have a lot of Beauty and the Beast pins, mm-hmm. and Hunchback of Notre Dame pins, and anniversary stuff. And it's really hard to find a pin of her in that blue dress. And I and my my I guess cousin in law yeah yeah my cousin in law Steve found me one of her in that blue dress. And I'm like I owe you a life debt now because it's like it, it's it's, hard it's to find. next to impossible to find one like that. I wonder why, because I would figure, if you think of Belle, you think of the gold dress, and then you think of her in the blue-white. You do, but I mean, if you think about it, if you look, like, anybody who goes to Disney and does the pin-collecting, pin-trading stuff, like, everything about them is in their princess garb, because they are the princesses. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, like, like we already talked about, though, Evermore. Yes. Fucked my shit up. Like, I, yeah. I could have, I could have just watched two hours of that, like, just, you know. And it was good to see the Beast kind of fucking walking around by himself. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's in song, but, like, I feel everything else, which is kind of with the original Disney movie, mm-hmm. he's always with people, mm-hmm. or whether it be his servants or whatever. So it's nice to see him. It was, it was very, I mean, I, I started to tear up. Yeah, oh, I did it was, too. It was beautiful. It was really, oh, God, it was so good. And I also, that was, because I had, I had like this moment for a minute. I'm like, why is she leaving in that dress? Like, take that dress off and put your old dress back on. But then, like, it actually made sense because it was easier to track her through that scene as he was, like, singing at her as she, yes, bounded away on Philippe. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> the other thing that annoyed me, and after I rewatched the movie, I realized that I was mistaken by this during uh, the opening bell, like, yeah. montage. I thought she just stole a piece of bread from the baker and didn't pay for it. And I was like, what the fuck, girl? And, like, no, she paid for it. She did. <laughs> but leading into this next note oh boy uh during gaston's uh you know like song? let's kill, kill the beast song like oh, he like yeah. throws like in the original movie he throws it at a haystack which yes. is fine but this is like when he throws it at like 
what what I can only assume those are goods and wares from good, the local yeah and like filled with like some kind of gunpowder because it explodes like that <laughs> again just and I was like way to sh- Way to set random shit on fire, Gaston. Like, what the hell, dude? And then... No, I mean, it looked cool, but yeah. it, did, it made no sense. It didn't. And, like, you know, think, other things that I liked, though, I liked that the villagers were kind of integrated into the story more, and, like, yes. they were just... It showed that they were, like, memory-wiped, essentially, or had, like... Now, were they also stuck in time like the rest of them? I don't know. I've, that I've was, seen that articles was a... pa- passing around about them being in a time loop or something, or yes. being stuck in time, but... Because I, I wondered about that the second time, because, you know... Mr. Potts, Mrs. Potts thing. I'm like, so he's, he just aged, like, we'll say it's 10 years like it was in the animated film? Yeah, okay, now, this is another thing. I thought Emma Watson, who I love and adore, mm-hmm. felt she was hardcore phoning it in as Mrs. Potts. And part of oh, it is... Emma Thompson? Or Emma Thompson, not Emma Potts. Wow. Dude, I... And I love Emma Thompson. I do, too, and I had no idea that she was in that movie. I had no idea Ewan McGregor was Lumiere. I had no idea that Ian McKellen was, was Cogsworth until they showed up at the end, and I went... Oh. What the fuck? They were so poorly utilized in that yeah. in that voice recording room. Because like the only one who really gets close to being decent is McGregor. Because mm-hmm. Cogsworth was poorly like it's just and like even when they showed up as humans at the end, like I still didn't recognize McGregor until the credits came up, and I went, "That was even McGregor." Like, and that kind of goes with the whole like Bell thing. Like, were they just told like you cannot deviate at all? Because I feel like they could have really injected their own like kind of spin on it or take on it mm-hmm. but they were just you know they had to be like Cogsworth had to be the stuffy angry one and well Lumiere or, had or to be the go more into the relation well again here mm-hmm. it, okay so to go back a little bit yeah. I actually enjoyed the deaths mm-hmm. but I agree with you their deaths but I agree with you that the editing of how it was placed within that scene was horrible matter of fact it, it, it in my head, it should have been as the rose falls, they're the first to go. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. Well, the, I, I, that, I cry the, easily. Yeah. And so, but like, I want to be, at the end of Beauty and the Beast, I'm fucking sobbing in the mm-hmm. animated version. I want that. Yeah. And I was like, you have all the pieces beautifully laid out there in mm-hmm. terms of the, well, setting them up. If you showed that first. That's a good point. And then showed Be- Beast and Belle. And well, I'm, it also I've gives more time for the Beast to actually die. Because yes. he gets shot in this one as opposed to being stabbed. And that's, so, I mean, and that's hard, right? And, like, and that's one of those things, too. I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this as much. I don't like he's going to get shot. Mm-hmm. And But then I was like, it didn't bother me as much when the final shot hit him. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah. this is painful to watch because it's heartbreaking. Yes. I also like Gaston's death a little bit better in this one. I do, too. I, I did like, I liked the motif of the castle, like, kind of crumbling as the rose died more and more. Yes. That was kind of cool. But I agree with you. Like, if the, if, you know... If the servants had frozen first, yes, and then you just let that scene play out because you know, kind of with my joke earlier that I was like, oh, I was being rushed into an orgasm that I wasn't ready for. With this one, I felt like I got blue balls all of a sudden because, because yes. like at the end of that, anim- the end of the animated film, like mm-hmm. I am dying but with this one it's like you know they build up build up build up oh just kidding we're gonna go over here and watch the uh the poor people die the poor is like fr- yes. fr- freezing time for a little while and, and then we're gonna go back and try and build up that emotional investment again it, which and, and again which this is why i get kind of pissy with the directors because i was like if you were confident in your story you don't i mean in theory you don't need that scene at all you should be able you should be just fine with emma watson and the beast mm-hmm 
Or Emma, that's where I'm getting my promo. I'm, oh, cause, cause I'm there's, confusing well, there's, my Emma. There's two Emmas in that movie. Yeah. Emma Watson and, and Emma and, Thompson. Yeah, and so that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And then you throw Agatha in there, which distracts from that moment. It does, and, doesn't and it? It oh. does. And so then you have that problem, too. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of it was, he's like, let's quickly cut back to these guys. And at, at almost, at this point, it's like a sympathy, nostalgia de- tear. If you start tearing up, it's because... Now, granted... Lumiere, I think, had the better character development of yeah. those group of that. Well, also and Stanley Tucci was fucking wasted. Oh God! Well, and he was the only one that I recognized when he got back into human form. I was like, oh, Stanley Tucci, because like at the it, beginning, you see, um, you see, um, oh his, God, dang it, the singer, I can't his remember. wife. Um, no, she's a Broadway actress, and it's completely escaping me right now. And she's the one singing the song. Right? Yeah, and she's a. Audra, Audra McDonald. God, that would have bothered me. Yeah, so Audra, like you know, I knew I knew she was in there from the beginning because they show her very prominently at the top. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, Stanley Tucci wasted, and Jesus Christ, and like, oh, what was it? Like, I did get a little. A little tight in the heart when like Emma Thompson like Chip and she's like you smell so good. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Like that got, that gave yeah. me a feel. But no, it completely. Yeah, I completely kind of I think took away from the emotional investment that you're trying to build and like and then and then the payoff was just not there. Now, do you now I liked the idea that the village was stuck in time with them and they mm-hmm. were all connected. I didn't like the whole Mrs. Potts thing. Mm-hmm. That irked me a bit. And I don't know why, because in the movie, you got a sense that it's in the animated, it's Mrs. Potts and Maurice. Kind of. There's and a they, hint of it. Very well, little. And, it's and just they do not, it in the movie still. But which is kind of weird, right? Right. Because like, they have this moment where he's painting the, the dancing scene, which also cracked me up. <laughs> like He's like... <laughs> but... Um, yeah, like paint has got to paint. Paint has got to paint. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they have that like weird kind of like moment where they like look at each other and do the good work nod, even though they've never met before. <laughs> right. It's just so. It's just like good work painting us as we dance. Like one of your. Yeah, it's just yeah, so weird. Yeah, it was really weird because you do get that kind of thought about it in in the animated movie. But then she's married, but they still kind of have this like like I was like, is something like duplicitous going to happen later? Where they're right. gonna like. <laughs> And then, sex on the DL. I don't know. Cogsworth, Cogsworth. That and now, see, I thought that was an okay joke, mm-hmm. but in retrospect, it wasn't as good. Yeah. Because first off, Cogsworth seems like such a dick. He wouldn't be. Oh no! I wish I was still a clock. Yeah. And like ah. Yeah, and it was just it was odd. It, like because like in your head, the casting of those those actors mm-hmm. is so amazing like they could have done yes. such good stuff with that but they could have they just i feel like they were given you know the 1991 version and they were like here you go there are little moments like evermore is a good example and there's uh some of the some of the things done with like be my be our guest was interesting and, and i was telling sarah because they released a soundtrack on youtube and i wasn't they, it was just the song so it was just the picture of the album cover and the song and i was like mm-hmm. they slowed fucking everything down mm-hmm. i get it because you can't animate that fast with no. real people yeah I, I get that and i kind of liked it in its own regard but like the best parts is when it didn't be held itself to the original again it's it's the little moments little moments where the character's they do the they, same thing, but they don't do the same shot. Yeah, they deviate a little bit. A little bit. It's, yeah. Oh, so nice. <laughs> I, so did, f- I did also like, uh, oh, what was it? Yeah, like, I think we've talked about this enough, but like the editing, like being just really rushed at times and Jesus not giving Christ. any. Yes. And like, I mean, I, I understand, like, you got to do that sometimes because it was at the end of the day, a two and a half hour movie, like around there. Yeah. I think. 
But even then, it's just, yeah, I feel like you could have made sacrifices to other things and focused more on the characters. Mm-hmm. But there were other things that I still, like, did enjoy. Like, the fight scene at the end, I thought, was pretty well done. Yes. And I loved, um, even though it kind of, it was kind of crossing over, like, you know, gay characters and cross-dressers are the same, but I did like the sassy musketeer at the end. Yeah. Getting, like, dressed up and, like, being all like, hell yeah. Even though... Like, at the end, they kind of hint that that character and uh, LeFou are going to get together. And I'm like, like, you're trying, Disney. Okay, that's that's but, fair. But wait, that to me was way more uh, <clears throat> interesting than the supposed kiss between him and Gaston. Because that was the apparently thing. And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't really see it. Like, I know it's... So during, like, it, he makes, like, a kissy face at the camera or something during... But I thought that was at the mirror. Like, when Gaston walked away from the mirror and he just goes... Yeah, I, I thought it was like he's, but he's at himself. I, no, or, I think it was during the uh, the Gaston song. It, oh, is how I remember it. Like he's like talking about, oh, I forget the lyric exactly, but he kind of makes uh, Lefou sings the lyric and kind of makes a eh, face at the camera, like you know, we're oh. all secretly gay, but they're not. But yeah, that that stuff. That when I read that, I was just like, of course, because what is it, Arkansas or Alabama? Where was it? Oh, it was yeah. like Arkansas. I was like, whatever. Arkansas, Arkansas. We don't like the different taps down here. No, they have a, a, a weirder side tangent. Have you heard S Town, the podcast? I've uh, seen people posting about it a lot. Um, <laughs> so it, I need I'm to check five it out. episodes. It's uh, it's in a shit town in mm-hmm. Alabama. Okay, in Alabama. Ooh. Okay, taking it back though. Yeah. Sorry. No, yeah, like so, and then also, what was his name? Matthew Crawley from Downton Abbey. He was like the beast. Yes. And, which I don't know, like, cause he the voice acting was well, but then like when he came out in human form, and I also get this feeling with the animated movie too. I was just kind of like thrown a little bit, mm-hmm. like oh, you're like he like he like walks out and he has this like doofy ass like look on his face when he comes out and like the, you know the, this guy this guy this guy, this guy. yeah and you know, i'm like <laughs> i get it you're happy to see everybody but okay that's a different way to, to do, go at it but i mean even in the animated version like you can tell like the relief on his face but this one he's just like hey all my friends are here Oh yeah, and then I on my second viewing of it, I got re- I don't know why I always get annoyed by this when like obvious ADR lines. Like okay, I don't pick up on these as well. I, so which which one? Oh, when they're all like hugging and oh it's like, oh big scenes and, uh, with crowds and Plumet is like you saved our life, Madame, and then uh, Chip is like Belle, it's me, Chip, and I'm like bitch, she knows. <laughs> Just, <laughs> shut up. There's only one fucking kid on this entire. <laughs> fucking castle we know who the fuck you are and it's just like i'm like you could have left those out because it, it i don't know it just it sounded it sounds so out of place sometimes yeah and i didn't notice it the first time but i mean when you're when i was watching it again like you can tell their lips aren't moving and it's like okay it's, it's a obviously camp I, line yeah <laughs> well okay to go back on a criticism you had earlier you said that uh the orgasm for the first 15 minutes mm-hmm. okay. and then i felt like i had blue balls during the death scene right so to that first part, do you think you would have preferred more to watch scenes with beasts and uh, his mother and father, and how the the the, the people didn't they just let him walk, carry on? Mm-hmm. Because I like that little bit of information. Mm-hmm. But it kind of it kind of I did think played into the fact of why he is the way he is at the beginning. Because yes. you know, in this live action movie, they show him being of age yes. and old enough to like more kind of like ma- have it make more sense that he's a dick. Yes. Whereas 
in the animated film version, like, he, you know, he does this at, when he's 11 years old, because it's, like, 10 years, like, his 21st year is when the Rose will finally die. Yeah. So, in the animated movie, when he is, like, turning this old lady away, arguably, he is just, like, a 10, 11-year-old, like, little shit. Yeah, but, okay, so that might be a plot hole in the original anime film. I only say that because in the original film, he looks like like he does now. I know. At the end of the film. Yeah. When he rips the photo away. Uh-huh. At the, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, maybe they're, like, maybe they're frozen in time, too, in the animated film, but they don't really make that... They never say that. They never really make it clear, I guess, because, you know, they're, like, he was cursed and, like... You know the ro- like what is it like the rose she had offered was truly an enchanted rose which would bloom until his twenty first year which would arguably mean that he was eleven at the time of the events of being cursed and turned into a beast. Disney you fucked up <laughs> boom but I just like imagine a, a little foppish like French eleven year old like being like fuck you old lady and like, she's sweet and then, and then she's and then she's like oh small child like giving me sass beast. Right. <laughs> it's just really weird. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. I, I did, oh, that's a good point. I'm. Mm. And in this one, you know, he was a fully formed person and, like, had more of a backstory to, have, to like, yeah. it, gave, it gave more impetus to, like, how he became that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. That was another thing. Like, that scene was okay. And I guess they, that's also why they did the Bell mom death scene because it kind of balanced out the origin stories. That's true. Um, well, I kind of felt, too, that they let, like, the payoff for the, that for the the not the treadmill the uh, where, where did it take place at was it a, no it's not a treadmill no a treadmill is where you walk and run on no uh, the windmill the windmill the mill there was the a mill. mill in there yeah god damn it the windmill I thought like I thought there was going to be a lot more to that than what it was mm-hmm. because he's painting it at the beginning yeah there's that like I thought actually matter of fact fucking missed opportunity the beast should have gone back and got that that thing and fixed it up. Yeah, because then, you know, you get to, like, the act one, like, tell me something about my mother, and then it's never mentioned again until she goes to the mill, and I feel like it was just, it was like, you know, kind of like jam-fisted in there, just like, you know, just to, like, have this, like, payoff in act two, like, Mm -hmm. later on, and I... Yeah, so, like, the, for some reason, the mill stuff bothered me, but the, the, like, absent father didn't bother me as much with the Beast backstory. Fair enough. But I, I, Yeah, yeah. But, again, I, I wasn't bothered as much because I was just more like, they're adding more for Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that, that they fleshed out his character a lot Thank more. God. And also gave them time to talk and, like, get flirty and, like, have conversations. Like, the thing with the library, there was yes. that great little small moment where he's like, did, did you just make a joke? Mm-hmm. I, I guess i did maybe maybe and then he turns around he's like did i i'm I'm kind of i don't know did i Mm -hmm. like he seems very unsure i was like no yeah and i did like that little line where he's like yes some of them are in greek and i was like (laughs) okay it's like do more of that (laughs) yay yay um so so overall i think it's but we both enjoyed the film yeah i enjoyed it but but it's not it made me immediately want to go home and put in the 1991 dvd like and just watch that again even Mm -hmm. and even with the addition of um human again which i can't remember off the top of my head did they do human again did they do human again again? no no it took me a second because i was like there's a scene where they clean shit up Mm -hmm. and they sing about it where the fuck is that and then i realized oh it just popped in like three days later. Well, it was, it was put like, in the Broadway version, and then when they went back to release it from the vault, they added it back in. Yeah, because that was back when Disney was like, let's add the morning report to Lion King and mm-hmm. fucking Beauty and the Beast human again. Well, and I mean, Beauty and the Beast is like, it's, it's just one of those really special movies of like everything working together so well because they cast a completely unknown actress, like Broadway actress, as yep. Belle. You know, they 
go in they made it, it like they made it in like half the time that most animated movies are made yeah. they, like when I, they actually um they like tested it in new york with audiences with still storyboard frames like yeah and you know then that's it, how it roger comes ebert out, saw it yeah and it comes out and it's fucking fantastic and like gets nominated for an academy award and mm-hmm. is amazing and then you know that that started like i think the whole disnification of broadway i think because they, they, they it did because beauty and the beast was the first musical yep and i think originally they wanted human again in there they just didn't have the budget at the time to like animate it i, I don't i think so yeah which is just kind of cool and yeah and I don't know. Like overall, yeah, it was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm very nitpicky about that about stuff that I love, especially. But oh, Beauty and oh, the Beast also. I I don't need know. to just love it. I'll just nitpick it anyway. I mean, because yeah, I have I have opinions, y'all. Yeah, I mean that's that's why I have a podcast. <laughs> that's why I have a podcast. But I mean, like I, you know, as a kid, like oh yeah, I uh, I still own two VHS copies of Beauty and the Beast because I wore one of them out when I was little. I oh, yes. have it on DVD. I, you know, have seen kind of all the adaptations. I think I wrote a paper on in college on the different adaptations of Beauty and the Beast. Like, I did that, and I did, uh, not Don Quixote, um, uh, Cyrano Count- de Bergerac. Okay. Because Cyrano okay. de Bergerac has, like, a thousand. I was thousand. going to go a different direction on that. I was going to Count of Monte Crisco, <laughs> yeah. and you went, yeah, it was much better, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so I... Did you include Roxanne in, in that study of Cyrano de Bergerac? I did, and that's I... that's a great... It is a good one. Sorry, and, uh, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which, which is the gender-swapped version of it. Yes. Garofalo. It is actually... A, I love that movie. It's a cute movie. There's dogs involved. Yeah. And cats. Yeah. And Umuth... Um, Thurman. Um, yeah, but we I, overall, I thought it was okay. But I mean, like, I am I'm a kid. Like, I'm wearing a freaking bell necklace on my. I was gonna neck say right that, now. and then I was like, it, by the and way, also, and it also has Gur on it because they announced. Have you seen the announcement today? Yep, I was, I was, yep. Oh, I'm so excited! It's been a, it's been a good week, it personally. It's <laughs> on Tuesday, but no. <laughs> but yeah, like I owned you know VHS copies. I had T-shirts with her face on it. Mm-hmm. I used to have a magic mirror that you would like push a little rose button on it and. It would scream, "Show me the beast!" And like, then it would like light up and make these was crazy sounds. Was it Gaston sounds. saying it? Or, uh, no, or, it was, or it Belle. was Belle screaming it. And then like a rose would come into because it's it's that scene where she's like she's like she's like my father's not crazy and I can prove it. Show me the beast! And it's like oh, that, okay. that clip. Well, when you say scream it though, I'm just like, "Show me the beast!" Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, ah, ah. I'm like where is what, he? What, what? Why was she upset yeah. with him? Was she? Did he? Did he steal the covers? He I mean, have. he could have. He Actually, could he have. probably clawed them up un- unintentionally that's true so there's just like feathers everywhere and then he like he, he rolled up into a ball and like yeah. kneaded them a little bit <laughs> and then his horns got caught and, then and his he, hair's just everywhere yeah his hair's everywhere <laughs> alright so overall it was okay yeah it was okay original film a million times better I mean like Disney doesn't care at the end of the day because it made a it got our money it got our money and it got everyone's money apparently because it it's doing really well and I think it's good and you know I like I feel like overall, they gave the Belle ca- character a little more agency in this one than she had in the original animated film with her trying to escape. And yeah, you know, I did like that about it. Yeah, I did too. But like, I just, I, my my end of the day, if you are going to do a live and live action version of it, like either make it a, do, either do it the way the animated film mm-hmm. did it and just try to be as faithful as possible. Or if you're going to try to make changes, like go for broke and make all the changes in the world, like make it something new, make it something different. Mm -hmm. Because that was my biggest issue at the end of the day was like they made some changes but not others, and it just it made it a very muddied movie at the end of the day, in my opinion. It did. I agree. All right. So before we end, uh, I want to thank Kyle for coming out and being part of our show. Um, Anything you would like to? This will go up. 
as the time we're recording this next week, I'm not even going to edit this out because I'm that lazy. Yeah. So is there anything you would like to plug at MadLab or anything else? Oh, yeah. So I do MadLab stuff occasionally. So we're doing... <laughs> I do stuff occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't live there. Um. <laughs> you were always the first there. If I Because I, sometimes Shane and I would come super early. Yeah. And you were usually the first one there. I'm, so Yeah. Because you're I'm, awesome. I'm very introverted occasionally. So I, that's that's like... That's my pre-show ritual. Like, I will go and just be in the theater by myself and be have, have like a quiet moment. And it's kind of my... It's classy, It's actually. my pers- It's kind of like... Like my personal just sort of like breathing time mm-hmm. yeah because then if i yeah so i usually will just go early to get some food and like do my makeup and listen to some bad musicals but there's no such thing well, well, I, did, well, I did a musical in high school called uh pom-pom zombies which was about zombie trillions. okay there might be some bad musicals Couple. maybe yeah. <laughs> but yeah. on may 11th i believe we mm-hmm. are opening Theater Roulette, the longest-running shorts festival in Central Ohio. Yes. Uh, I'm actually co-directing one of the nights with my bestie, Laura Spires. I'm also in one of those shows. Um, and then it's kind of a cool thing because there's three separate nights of programming, so depending on what night you come, you can come, like, the Thursday of the three weeks of the run and see a different show every night. Okay. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then Young Writers, which I know you're going to be involved in, mm-hmm. is um, going up the last three weekends in July, and yep. that is 10 original works by high school players, yes. uh, high school playwrights, sorry, um, who have written a show, like, we've been working with them for six months to develop these scripts, and then we're going to give them a full-fledged production in July. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'm I'm telling myself I'm going to take a break, but we'll see how that goes. No rest for the wicked. No, never. So thank you again for coming out, and uh, and uh, one little, I'm going to throw one little fun fact. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. There is a podcast called uh, the Myths and Legends podcast, okay. and this guy scours all the major versions of a tale, mm-hmm. and he does one for Beating the Beast. Mm-hmm. And the original novella, the French novella it's based after, is interesting, and I will post the link to that episode there because you might be kind of surprised about how it ends. And yeah. what goes there. So, um, we never got to that, but we've been talking for a while, so I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to keep it. But it will be there in the show notes, so check it out, mm-hmm. and uh, thank you again. Yeah, thank Have- you.